the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In unsteady portions of the following program may be pre recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe. On the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you Surrender to his majesty. He can save you from the might of all your sin. This is a fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath. You have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin.
and believe on the risen Christ. You can find peace in him from the judgment that's to come. judgment that's to come he is a shelter from the coming storm he's the only shelter from the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Question. Have you ever had to watch your wife die in your arms? Have you held a son as he died? Have you felt the grief of a mother or father that was exceedingly precious to you as they died? Have you seen that accident on the highway? A man is just trying to shelter a little group of ducks across the highway and a car driving comes and strikes him and kills him. Young people taking, or an old man taking a firearm and just randomly beginning to shoot and kill friends and family and neighbors. Corruption on every side. Someone steals all of your money. How do you feel about all that? It's not the way it's supposed to be. That was not the plan of God. And frankly, it makes me quite angry. Do you see the way you're aging? How your skin changes? as your eyesight dims, as your hearing goes, and perhaps you have to wear hearing aids. Is that how it was supposed to be? Is there no healing? Well, the promise of our day is that AI will come and heal us all. Right. The one who is designing the AI 
is the very one who has caused all these things to transpire on the earth. If you look at Romans, the sixth chapter, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? In other words, there is a way of escape from this wicked world. Adam and Eve. They sinned against God. One sin. And condemnation came upon the whole earth as they handed over the title deed to this earth to a demon power called the devil. And the result has been ages of misery and pain, death, destruction. And today we have a choice. We have a way out. The way out is to return to the creator God, the authority that was stolen by Adam and Eve and given to the devil. Now, it's not a pretty sight. Satan's grandest moment was when he had the creator God of heaven and earth who became fully man and was fully God stretched out on a cross, stripped naked, beaten almost to death and then finally nailed to a cross where the death came. That's about as ugly as it gets. An innocent man, publicly shamed, publicly beaten, stripped naked, and hung on a cross. But that was the price to open a door of opportunity for you and for me to go to a new place to live. It says, we died to sin. What did we die to? And have you died to sin? I know most have not. Well, according to the passage of scripture that we'll turn to very quickly, over here in 1 John, the third chapter, sin is lawlessness. That's verse 4. Sin is lawlessness. In other words, sin is where I rebel and I say, I will not go along with the rules of this regime. I will not agree and I will not go along with it. In fact, I'll make my own laws. I'll make the decisions about what I do and where I go. That's the temptation that was put before Eve. And she said, yes, that looks pretty good to me. I'll make my own choices. Well, Eve, how'd that work out for you? After you made that decision, 
Then Cain made his decision, the eldest son, and killed Abel, murdered him. How's that working out for you now, Mother Eve? And Adam now has to go out and work by the sweat of his brow in the fields, long hours, and then he has to deal with the violence of the extended family. He has to deal with the absence of God in his life. His heart is filled with sorrow because he knows he has committed a very grave sin against the Almighty God. And the result is billions of people will die. And then on top of that, they'll face the final judgment of God, which is the judgment of hell being burned up, being consumed by fire, pain, anguish, to pay the price for what they have caused others to pay. We died to sin. What is sin? Can I give you a very simple working definition? Sin is selfishness. Sin is selfishness. Where everything focuses around what I want, where I'm going. So you're, you're married. You and a, a beautiful woman are married. But somehow... She comes up with the idea, I can make my own way. You're my husband, but I'm equal to you in every respect. And I'll make the decisions I want, and I'll spend the money in the family the way I want. And you can't tell me anything. No one can tell me anything. I'm in charge of my own life. Well, how long would that marriage work? It wouldn't. It, it would blow up very shortly with bitterness and, and anger and theft. Selfishness means I'll do it my way. I'll do it my way. And I'm not going to listen to you. You can say what you want. You can do what you want. But I'm going to say what I want and do what I want also. And if you don't do it my way, I'm out of here. What absolute chaos has come into the world through sin. Destruction. Death. He says, we died to sin. Can we use our word? We died to selfishness. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There is a new life that is being offered to all of humanity. You get to choose now, even as Eve did. Do you understand what I'm saying? By Jesus dying on the cross, he brought to us the opportunity to make another decision. We can now make the decision to no longer walk in bitterness, anger, hardness. We can make the decision to become a new person in Christ Jesus. And the only way you can do that is not through self-help, not through strategies for success, but by dying. Dying to the old nature. Finally saying, I'm going to make the decision that Eve should have made. I am deciding for Jesus. Now, you don't have to. But the result will be chaos and bitterness and hardness of heart through the rest of your life. See, the problem is Eve did not know she was deceived. She did not know the whirlwind she would reap of misery and heartbrokenness as she sat and held her son who had just been murdered by their eldest. They lost two sons that day. They lost Cain and they lost Abel. But today, we can see clearly the result of selfishly making our own choices and repudiating Jesus Christ. It doesn't take a rocket science scientist to look at the history of this world, the wars of this world, the manufacturing of weapons of destruction, to look at all of that and say somewhere somebody made a stupid decision. I don't want to make that same decision. I want to make a decision for life in Jesus Christ. I want to make a decision where my old self is crucified with Jesus so that the body of sin can be completely done away with or destroyed, finished. It's over. Now, when I look realistically let's let's be real honest let's talk about it let's be real straight you my brothers were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature in other words all of us have been called to be free and the way you become free is by dying to all of those selfish things that flood your life. We've been called to love one another, to walk in love. 
the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. That's Galatians 5, verse 14. But stay with me. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. That's the whole history of this world right now. The United States is pushing for an atomic war with Russia and with China. I can't think of anything more foolish. Biting Russia, biting the bear. I mean, from the time I was a small child, I was taught, if you're out in the woods and there's a bear, don't poke it with a stick. It'll eat you. Don't poke the bear, Russia. Listen, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by one another. I've seen whole churches destroyed by this biting and, and angry talk and division over some foolish little thing like the color of the carpet. Who cares? So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now I want to be very specific with you. The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. The Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now, I want to be very clear. In the new covenant, you do not walk under the law. Salvation is a free gift. It is a free gift to those men and women who are willing to lay their life down and die to the old sinful nature. Well, what is the old sinful nature? All of those things that bring such destruction upon us and in our families, fighting and bickering. I can almost set my watch to when a couple that I know will have their next big blowout and threaten to divorce speak angry words, judgmental words. Usually one plays the innocent one. Oh, I love you, I love you. And the other one plays the honest, fiery one. Biting and devouring each other. Paul in the book of Galatians is saying, live by the Spirit, the opposite of selfish. The Holy Spirit does nothing for himself. He does everything for Jesus and for you and for me. 
He is totally given over to loving people, to loving you. But listen, let's be very specific. What is it that under the law you do that brings utter destruction to you? Number one, the acts of the selfish nature are obvious. Sexual immorality. Whoa, that's number one on the list. Why? Because sexual immorality is using another of God's beautiful creatures to pleasure yourself. I want to be pleasured. Okay, can I use your body to pleasure myself? No, you wouldn't say that to somebody, but that's what you do. Sexual immorality. You live with someone so you can have some of the privileges of marriage, but no consequence for divorce, no contract, no no accountability for pleasuring yourself with another human being. I can't think of anything more disrespectful. Probably many of us have been guilty of doing that at some point. If you have, let it bring the great sorrow to your heart that you would desecrate another human being. See, sexual immorality is done in your body, in your soul. It's not done outside of you, it's done inside of you. And it turns you hard. And it makes you cynical. And you begin to look on another of God's beautiful creations as nothing else than something to be played with for my pleasure. Impurity. Obviously, in impurity, you would include masturbation. A man talked to me about he's struggling with masturbation. I said, wait a minute. Sexual intercourse is a couple who is married and they... They are serving each other. And they have become one. So if you want to masturbate, are you now one with yourself? Isn't that the very definition of narcissism? Where you just belong to yourself and you'll do whatever you need to do to pleasure yourself. Pornography is the same deal. You're using another human being 
desecrating their privacy. Not treating them like a brother or a sister or a mother. You're doing in your mind with pornography. Let's just put it this way. You're not thinking about a a glass of tea when you're masturbating or when you're looking at pornography. And part of what makes my heart so sad is in today's culture, you can't go on the internet without seeing a pornographic picture of a of an athlete, a golfer, and debauchery. Debauchery is an excess of pleasure-seeking. Debauchery is a drunken party, loud. Debauchery. In verse 20, it goes on. Idolatry. Idolatry is when you love something like your dog more than you love Jesus. Idolatry is when you replace the Lord God of heaven who died on Calvary for you. You replace that person of Jesus with a love of money. Well, how many times I've heard people say, oh, pastor, I don't love money. I just want to be a billionaire so I can help the work of the gospel. No, by the time you get your billion, you'll have no more interest in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Witchcraft. Witchcraft is trying to force the spirit realm to produce what you want through chance, through any manner of rituals. And with it comes always an unclean spirit. Example, Beyonce, who is deeply involved in witchcraft, and yet many of you follow her you love the, the sexual approach to her music. You get turned on by watching it. Next comes hatred. Where my heart burns with hatred against someone who doesn't do what I want them to do. Or they do something to me that makes me feel less than Hatred, discord. Oh, that's not quite at the level of hatred, but how many times I've preached a sermon and then had someone come up at the end while everyone's together and everyone is sharing what they'd like to share about how this message has helped them grow or has uncovered some sin and now they've got to 
come in and be the hero and say, well, there's another point of view on this. And here are the scriptures. Discord. Pride. Stupidity. Jealousy. That's where much of the discord comes from. A jealous heart. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. I want to get ahead in life and it doesn't matter who I hurt. I'm going to do what I have to do to get money. Selfish ambition. Dissensions. Not being a man of peace. Constantly dissenting. Constantly arguing. That arguing in dissensions builds what is called next factions. Where you begin to separate black from white. You begin to separate the rich from the poor. You be- <clears throat> You begin to divide a country, a nation. You're no longer a melting pot. You're now made up of many different groups of people who all want something different. Now you have the woke people, utterly evil. You have the progressives, utterly ungodly. You have people who are locked into homosexuality. You have people who are locked into other parts of what I've just talked about. Then you have envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is frightening. If you are living with someone you are not married to, and you continue to live with them, you will be cast completely out of the presence of God because you are misusing a brother or a sister. If you're involved in immoral behavior, sodomy, even between husbands and wives, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, as I look at all of these, What is the common denominator of every one of these that I have identified? I want to suggest to you the common denominator is pure, utter selfishness. Evil. All of these things I've talked about, whether you love to watch them on the television screen and agree with them in what they are doing, if you love to read the the romance novels, if you love to see the Marvel movies, 
if you are involved in any of these things with your heart, joyful, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And the call of scripture is to be crucified with Christ. Now I'm not trying to shine this up for you. It's just straight up. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of darkness and there is the kingdom of light. There is the kingdom of the devil and there is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And both have their representatives on the face of the earth. And you're invited to leave the death and destruction, the murder and the mayhem. It's hard though because some of you love violence. You live for violence. Some of you love the argument. Some of you love the power you feel when you defeat someone in an argument. The fruit of the Spirit, verse 22. Love, and that's self-sacrificing love for another person. Joy, a byproduct, a byproduct of a compassionate heart that reaches out and makes a difference in somebody else's life that is about serving and not being served. I was invited by a very wealthy man. If I named the name, you'd know it. I was running a free medical clinic many years ago. He invited me to lunch said he had a contribution to make. Okay. I met him at the restaurant. We walked in together. I walked to the table and I pulled out the chair and I sat down. I looked up in surprise because this man was still standing at the table at the chair looking at the waitress waiting for her to come over and humbly pull his chair out for him and seat him appropriate to his wealth and power. I was stunned. I'd never seen such an act of outright pride. No, the fruit of the Spirit is not pride it's joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. 
not becoming conceited, provoking and envying each other. That was out of Galatians, the fifth chapter. But I come now and I say, my brother and my sister, do you belong to Jesus Christ or do you belong to the devil? If you basically are choosing to run your own life the way you choose to run it, you are on the devil's team. If I need a new car, and I go out and I look at all the cars, and I choose the one that I like the best, and I buy that car, because it makes me look good, I'm someone with standing if I buy that car, and on and on. I'm a part of the devil's team. What? What are you talking about, pastor? I would not ever buy a car that way again. I did in the past. No, I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, all the money is yours. You've put the money in my hands. Now, what would you like me to do with it? What car would you like me to drive, Jesus? I'm about your business. I'm doing your work. I'm here for the single purpose of advancing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Shall I buy that new Cadillac? I don't think so. I don't want to say to people, oh, look at me. Can I get even closer home? Shall I buy that beautiful black-on-black BMW? No. I want to buy the car that Jesus, after some time of prayer, some time of waiting upon the Lord, and then some time of waiting for him to, to tell me when, where, and how to buy it. The same goes for the the house, the clothes. The point of buying is not to satisfy myself. It's not for my pleasure. It's to equip me to do the work of God. You see, we live in this wicked, selfish world world and if we continue on that path Galatians 5 tells us you will not be able to enter the kingdom of God you will be lost so as we look at all of this And we come back to Romans, this incredible pathway to Jesus. It's very clear. Shall we say, no, just live any way you want to live? 
No. We died to selfishness. We died to vanity. We died to anger and rage and bitterness. We died to the way of the flesh. And we said, we will no longer walk in this. Now, let me bring the reality home. The only way you can make that change is not by taking classes in self-improvement. You must die. To these things you must die. How do you die to them? Lord, I take this favorite behavior in my hands. And as one person said it, her name was Celestial. She said, you grab that thing around the neck and you squeeze it until it dies. And you cry out to God and you ask him to remove it. And you give yourself over totally and completely to the Lord Jesus. Now I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will not do this all in one day. It may take a week. It may take a little longer. But it's where you get on your face before God and you recognize with the Lord the wickedness of your heart. And you say, Lord, this has to end. This has to change. I can't continue on this road. You have to die to it. And of course, before you die to it, you're going to be, can I ask you honestly, aren't you going to be asking yourself, what pleasures do I get out of this? What advantages do I have with this? Is it worth giving up? Are you that calculating? I guarantee you, you are. And you say, oh, this is my pet. I can't give up my pet. This is my, this is my sacred little car. This is my sacred little relationship. This is what I enjoy doing. Going in in the privacy of my office or my home and turning on the internet and going to the pornography page. This is what I love to do. I, how can I give this up? You will go through withdrawal symptoms and it will be some time when you're going to agonize over that thing. And one man say, may say, oh, I don't agonize over turning the TV off. I, that's easy, just turn it off. Well, that's easy to say for you if it's not your drug of choice. But how about trying something else that is your idol of choice? How about giving that up? How about 
not going there anymore for pleasure as you selfishly use it, as you selfishly absorb it and say, I have a right to live the way I want to live. No, you don't. Look at the pain and the misery and the agony that Adam and Eve have brought upon the earth by their attitude saying, oh, I can be in charge of my own life. I can tell you what's right and wrong. I'm smart. Oh, look at the agony they endured quickly through the death of their son. So what are you going to choose? Will you be crucified with Christ and let go of all of these things that are so utterly destructive and wicked? All of these things that will destroy a relationship, will steal your peace and give you sickness. Will you give those up? How much do you want Jesus? I want to talk with people who are sick and tired of the anguish and the pain and the misery. And they're finally ready to say, I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I want the kingdom of God. I want love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. All of that is a part of the kingdom of God. It is not a part of the kingdom of the devil. What do you want? Let's pray. Our Lord and our Savior, we have been so deceived by the busyness of this wicked world and the technology and the cell phones and the computers and the, oh Lord, we've been utterly deceived, but none of these things have brought peace to our hearts. None of these things have given us joy in our marriage. None of these things has brought us what the devil promised they would bring to us. Lord, I ask that right now there are men and women who are listening who've been struggling with these questions. Will they give up this pet sin that they've clung to for so many years? Their love of money or their love of sex out of marriage as conquerors Oh, Lord, I beseech you, would you come with a gift of conviction to your people? Lord, they've been so deceived that they'll never leave their sin without the presence of the Holy Spirit to lift you up, Jesus, in their face, that they could see you. I plead, Lord, for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit would you come and do a work in the heart of each man and each woman who listened today or who will listen in the days to come? Lord, God, please, 
We have been deceived. We've been fooled. And we're dying. Would you rescue us? Lord, would you send forth your Holy Spirit? Would you rescue us? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank Nina especially. Yes, I know who you are, Nina. Thank you for your sacrifice. I know God loves you. You can write to me, Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22191. I'm sorry, 22192. Now you can also write to me at the regular post office box, National Prayer Chapel, post office box 23. 46 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 22195 I appreciate greatly those of you who participate with me in this gospel ministry I couldn't do it without you thank you I'll look forward to hearing from you just a quick update. I'm still not able to walk with my right leg. It can't take any weight. But I've been reassured by the Lord Jesus that he is going to heal me. And I will testify when it happens. God bless you, my brother and my sister. I'll talk to you soon. We can tell you about the three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.